a series of ascending forms and powers prevails in our earthly creation excerpt from chapter one book five of the philosophy of history by johann gottfried herder seventeen forty four to eighteen hundred and three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. a series of ascending forms and powers prevails in our earthly creation one from stones to crystals from crystals to metals from these to plants from plants to brutes and from brutes to man we have seen the form of organization ascend and with this the powers and propensities of the creature have become more various till at length they have all united in the human frame at least as far as they were susceptible of being comprised in it here the series stops we know no creature above man organized with more diversity and art he seems the highest point attainable by terrestrial organization two throughout this series of beings we observe as far as the particular definition of the creature admits it a predominant similitude of the principal form which varying in numberless ways more and more approaches that of man three as we have observed the forms of other creatures to approach man's so also have we seen these faculties and propensities from the powers of nourishment and propagation in plants they ascend to the mechanic arts of insects the domestic economy and maternal care of birds and quadrupeds and at length to thoughts almost human and self-acquired capacities till all ultimately concentre in the reasoning faculty liberty and humanity of man four the period of each creature's life also is regulated by the end nature has designed it to answer the plant quickly blossoms and the tree grows tardily the insect which brings its art into the world with it and speedily and abundantly multiplies its species soon departs on beasts that are longer growing up bring forth few at a time or lead a life of domestic economy bordering upon reason a more extended period of existence is bestowed and on man comparatively the most extensive in this however nature attends not to the individual but to the maintenance of the species and the other species that are above it the inferior regions are not only peopled in abundance but the lives of the creatures are of longer duration where the purpose of their existence admits it the sea that inexhaustible source of life longest supports its inhabitants whose vital powers are very tenacious and the amphibia who half live in water approach these in longevity the inhabitants of the air less loaded with terrestrial nutriment which gradually indurates quadrupeds live upon the whole longer than beasts air and water therefore seem to be the grand storehouses of living beings 
which the earth afterwards consumes and destroys in quicker transitions five the more elaborate the organization of a creature is the more its structure is compounded from the inferior kingdoms this complexedness begins underneath the earth and grows up through plants and animals to the most complicated of all creatures man his blood and various component parts are a compendium of the world earths and salts acids and alkalis oil and water the powers of vegetation of irritability and of sensation are organically combined in him and interwoven together either we must consider these things as sports of nature and intelligent nature never sports without design or we shall be led to admit a kingdom of invisible powers standing in the same close connection and blending by such imperceptible transitions as we perceive in the external appearance of things the more we learn of nature the more we observe these indwelling powers even in the lowest orders of creatures as mosses funguses and the like in an animal which almost inexhaustibly reproduce its own likeness in the muscle which moves briskly and variously by its own irritability the existence of these powers cannot be denied and thus all things are full of organically operating omnipotence we know not where this begins or where it ends for throughout the creation wherever effect is there is power wherever life displays itself there is internal vitality thus there prevails in the invisible realm of creation not only a connected chain but an ascending series of powers as we perceive these acting before us in organized forms in its visible kingdom nay this invisible chain must be infinitely more close firm and progressive than the series of external forms cognizable by our dull senses can show for what is organization but a mass of infinitely more compressed powers the greater part of which even in consequence of their connection are limited or suppressed by other powers or at least are so concealed from our sight that as the drops of water appear to us only in the form of a cloud we perceive not the individual parts but the general figure as the wants of the whole have required it to be organized how different must the true chain of creatures be in the eye of omniscience from that of which men speak we arrange forms which our sight is unable to penetrate and class them like children by particular limbs or other marks the sovereign father sees and holds the chain of powers closely pressing on each other what is this to the immortality of the soul everything and not to the immortality of our soul alone but the duration of all the acting and living powers of creation no power can perish for what is the meaning of a power's perishing we have no instance of it in nature nay we have no idea of it in our minds it is a contradiction that something should be or become nothing it is more than a contradiction that a living acting somewhat in which the creator himself is present 
in which by energies divine he manifests his residence should be converted into nothing the implement may be destroyed by external circumstances but as not a single atom of it can be lost or annihilated so neither can the invisible power which operates in this atom since in every species of organization we perceive that its operative powers are chosen with wisdom arranged with art and accurately adapted to their common duration and the perfection of the principal power it should be absurd to suppose of nature that the moment when a combination of these powers that is an external form ceases she should suddenly depart from this care and wisdom which alone constitute her divine nature and not only so but turn against herself with her whole omnipotence for nothing less could suffice to annihilate a single part of the living whole in which she herself lives eternally active what the all vivifying calls into life lives whatever acts acts eternally in his eternal whole as this is not the place to pursue these principles further let us consider some examples of them the flower blows and fades that is to say this instrument is no longer fit to continue the operation of its vegetative power the tree when it has produced its stock of fruit dies the machine has perished and the component parts separate but it by no means follows from this that the power which animated these parts that could vegetate and so powerfully propagate itself has died with this composition that power which in this organization ruled over a thousand powers it had attracted each atom of the dissolved machine retains its inferior power how much more then must the more potent remain which in this form directed them all to one end and acted in its narrow limits with omnipotent natural qualities the chain of thoughts breaks when we think it natural that a living creature should now possess in each of its limbs that powerful self-restoring irritable spontaneity which it displays to our eyes in the very next moment all these powers the living proofs of an indwelling organic omnipotence should so vanish from the chain of beings from the sphere of reality as if it had never been and shall this contradiction in thought take place with respect to the purest and most active power we know upon earth the human mind a power so far raised above all the capacities of inferior organizations as not only to rule with sovereign sway the numberless organic powers of my body with a kind of omnipotence and ubiquity but also most wonderful of wonders to be capable of inspecting and governing itself not here below can exceed the subtlety swiftness and efficacy of a human thought not the energy purity and warmth of a human volition let man's thoughts be as devoid of reason as possible still on every occasion when he thinks he imitates the disposing deity in whatever he wills and performs 
he imitates the creating god the similitude lies in the thing itself it is grounded on the essence of his mind shall the power that is capable of knowing loving and imitating god nay that from the very essence of its reason is compelled to know and imitate him as it were against its will since even its very faults and errors arise only from weakness and illusion be no more and the most powerful sovereign upon earth perish because an external circumstance of composition is changed and some of its lowest subjects have revolted does the artist no longer exist because the tools have dropped from his hand if so where is the concatenation of our thoughts end of book five chapter one of the philosophy of history a series of ascending forms and powers prevails in our earthly creation by johann gottfried herder seventeen forty four to eighteen hundred and three